As always, today's episode is brought to you by Sperry. Head on over to Sperry.com and you can take a look at singer John Legend's Valentine's Day gift guide. Pick up one of his suggestions and watch your Valentine's Day fall apart. <laughs> is that for real? John Legend? Yeah. Okay. I, I went on over there today and I was like, John Legend is with Sperry's? Doesn't make any sense. And I was like, <laughs> money makes It kind sense. of yeah, makes yeah, well, sense to me. It kind John of Legend, makes get your cake. But yeah, yeah. like... <laughs> I don't know if the advice I want is like, hey, uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. Buy your wife some boat shoes. And that doesn't sound good. You never know. Christy Tingen might love some boat shoes. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not married to her. No, this that's is not, true. This is not helping me. You wish you were married to her. only no, got about three months, and then it's going to be warm, and you're going to want some Sperry's. That's right. Right. But the thing is, like, I can't, because I'm into Sperry's, so I can't, like, bring her a pair of Sperry's because then it's not thinking about her, it's thinking about me. Like, oh, I got some Sperry's, now you got some Sperry's. Well, every gift in a relationship is not about the other person, it's about yeah, us. exactly. Did you see, Jerry and I have the same shoe on right now. That like, was cute, though. Isn't it cute? Yeah. Well, that's what you can do. Matching Sperry's, his and hers. I don't think that's going to fly. <laughs> Welcome to Explain Yourself, a podcast where anyone can attempt to explain anything because it's a free country. I'm Sarah, frequently known as Diddy Bread. And I'm Michael. You know me as the Muscle Hamster. And today's guest is the legend. Trevor. Nope. You got to do that again. You said guest. I did. That was nice. <laughs> I was like, maybe it's a explain yourself word. <laughs> no. No. Nope. It's a mushmouth idiot word. <laughs> It's Dean's Gwish. I'm leaving all this in. This Good, is all staying in. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter if you want to talk to a mumbly idiot. <laughs> he types that way too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to use a hashtag. So I'm cool. <laughs> oh my Ready? gosh. Yes. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. Today's guest is the legend Travis Wharton. He's a wizard on the sax and an expert in economic mobility. Welcome, Travis. What's up, y'all? We are so excited you're here. We really needed to have had you on like way before now, but uh, you're here now, and yeah. we're so excited. I'm excited to be here because I missed my friends. Right? It's so good to see y'all. Like, like even if we were not doing a podcast, yeah. it's just nice. Yes. To be with Travis. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Y'all are the fam. For sure. We are we are the fam and Michael's like some sort of super obsessed super fan of Travis. Yeah, there is no bigger <laughs> fan of Travis. Yeah, than me. this is true. Uh, aren't you the president of, of the fan club? Yeah, gotcha. and vice president and treasurer. Yeah, he's, work, he's working on the website. Yeah, I am. Uh, he just needs like a couple more good shots of Travis with his saxophone. Yeah, to put on the website. I'm not relinquishing any power. There's nobody else on the e-board. Hogging it all. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. What are we explaining today? Today we're explaining, well, two things. Actually, because I'm the president of the Travis Wharton fan club, mm-hmm. Travis and I were having lunch the other day. Mm-hmm. And we we're talking about Travis's diet. Which is impeccable. Which is impeccable. Yeah. And it led to a larger sort of discussion about the politics of Travis's diet. But mm. I don't want to step on Travis's stories. Travis, tell us about your eating habits. <laughs> And where we sort of get to from Or start wherever you start want. Wherever you want. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it sounded like I was getting a checkup at the doctor. Tell me about your eating habits. <laughs> That's right. So I'm, uh, I'm a vegan. I'm, I'm three and a half years into this life. But prior to, 
I was vegetarian for 20 years. Right. And so it's a bit of a transition going from vegetarian to vegan. You know, you vegetarian, you're still eating eggs and cheese and all the yogurts and all the Love stuff. all those things. Yeah. yeah. And then you go vegan and you got to be careful about mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. you know, because everything has butter. Mm-hmm. Everything has milk in it. Uh, I remember when you went there. vegan, we were, this is when I met you, Michael Blum. Right. We were at the... Retreat? <sighs> retreat. The yeah. pro, the pro treat. And met you yes. and then heard that, yeah, Travis, you were like, yeah, I've gone vegan. And we were like, what? Because I knew you were a vegetarian. Yeah. And then when we were trying to figure out where we we're going to go for lunch and all that, I'm like, well, what is Travis going to eat? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. that's a question I still get when I go, go out to eat with people. But but what are you going to eat? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you pick a place. I'm, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable picking a place. You pick a place, Jan. But you should. Oh, that's what you're saying. People say that to yeah, you. People, people say, say that, that, to, that to you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because you've probably got it nailed down. What what places in Greenville are like yeah. very vegan friendly with their menu. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and within the past few years, I think people have been more sensitive to it, not just to me, but just overall more sensitive. In general. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. it used to be like, oh, we can pick anywhere because I think they got a really good salad. And I'm like, <laughs> who? when is the last time you went to a restaurant? You're like, boy, I can't wait to get that side salad. <laughs> Yeah, like give me, a, give me a big really... one, like four little side salads dumped into one big gross bowl. <laughs> but also, exactly. and I remember this discussion at the retreat, it was like, yeah, they have salads, but all these salads have cheese or they have like, mm-hmm. you know, egg or anyway, keep going. So, yeah. What's the question again? What so, do you want to so like, how do we get to this point where we become vegetarian? Yeah. And so, then the transition to veganism. I was, gotcha. yeah, I asked you when you became vegetarian before we started recording and you said 11 years old. And I did yeah. want to ask what prompted that decision? Yeah. So the church that I grew up in, we would go on a fast for 40 days at the beginning of every year. You're going to fast? But yeah. not like no eating for 40 days. Like not, a Ramadan no fast? Okay. We eat below after sunset? That kind of No, fast? no, no, no. Oh. Well, every family decided how they were going oh, to fast okay but okay. you know so you'd have you know people that were smokers maybe and they you know cut out cigarettes for 40 days or um a friend of mine his dad was like big into potato chips would like eat a full <laughs> family size bag of potato chips every day so okay after 40 days you, you'd see his like body change because he's like yeah, cut out potato chips, man. Getting, getting so it's kind of like a Lent thing where you're just like... Kind of, but it but okay. it wasn't, you know, it'd be January 2nd. That's when it starts. Right. 40 okay. days. Okay. Whatever it is, that's what you're fasting from. So my dad had been doing some reading on meat processing industry, the the effects of meat and other animal products mm-hmm. on the body. He's like, all right, let's, let's try this for 40 days. And after 40 days, I just kind of stuck with it. I was like, you know, I'm... It's like not, the way you feel. Yeah, I like the way I feel. At eleven, I can't imagine. Yeah, at eleven. Yeah, yeah. I like the way I feel. Um, I was always a, a chunky kid, but you know, I, but I felt like I had lost a little weight. Felt a little. I'm sure, you yeah, did. Yeah, I wasn't quite so out of breath after going up. Yeah. half a flight of stairs. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, you're I'm calling sure. me out right now. I don't <laughs> appreciate it. I'm sure. I'm sure that happened though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, having a good experience with it, and you know. It, I just stuck with it. Right. And then all of a sudden, um, I mean, it kicks in where you live in the South. And so yes. because you live in the South, it's um, especially I think it's kind of tied to poverty, too. It's like you better eat all that food on your plate. You know? Oh, that it's, was me growing up. Yeah. Clean that plate. You're exactly. not getting up. Yep. Exactly. And Hiding it, your food in your milk. It becomes that myth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on. What did you say? Oh, come on, Michael Blum. 
That we you, didn't have any of these rules at the Blumhouse. You know about... Oh, no. so you didn't have a clean plate of rule? No, no, no. Okay, well, we definitely did. And if it was just too disgusting, while mom wasn't looking, because, you know, they had left the table, they were done, and I was still sitting there trying to finish my meal because I couldn't get up till I finished. <laughs> oh, I, I, when they're, I, when I they're turned away, you put those peas in the milk. What about when your parents tape the glass? They you don't... have to manage that, man. You oh. gotta, you gotta be all over that, like a, like a ninja. A <laughs> yes, it's a thing. Anyway, okay, go right. ahead, Travis. So yeah, uh, got to be a part of the clean plate club, mm-hmm. and then that translates into not knowing when you're full. You're just yes. trying to finish the plate. That's right. And then, um, so as a vegetarian, I weighed the most that I ever did in my life. I got up to like two eighty two. Really? Yeah. By the time I was like 21, 22, yeah, I was I was a big boy. Okay. <laughs> big boy. So five eleven, you know, almost three hundred pounds on your body. It doesn't look good. But vegetarian, like an elephant. You know? Okay. Um. So it was not a weight loss diet. No, it was not a weight loss <laughs> diet because you can because you because it gets to the point where you're not even looking to necessarily eat healthy. There's a deception that you're eating healthy because you're not eating meat. Right. But then you are scarfing down the pastas and the breads and the cookies. Yes. So many carbs. Other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know. So before you know it, you're just blowing up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, um, started exercising, changing up my diet a, a little bit. Um. When, um. I was about 23, uh, started dropping some LBs and um, lost. I got down to like 205. Nice. And, you know, was feeling good, still eating a vegetarian diet. Um, later on, and this is around that time that you were talking about mm-hmm. the pro treat, the, I was married at the time. We both decided we were going to try this vegan diet. Mm-hmm. Um, we had been doing a little bit of research on our own. And um, the transition was crazy. Yeah. We did, we did was called the master cleanse. Oh, boy. You ever heard of that? No. Okay. You have to have fresh lemon juice, filtered water, and cayenne pepper, and um, oh, I've heard of uh, cayenne cleanse. Oh, maple syrup. Yeah. (laughs) Do you put all that together? You put all that in one drink, and it's like thirty-two ounces of that every day. Why maple syrup though? There's nothing good for you in there. Was it just so it'd be drinkable? I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. Okay. So you um, do you have to drink? You have this to drink concoction? 30, yeah, thirty-two ounces of that every day for two weeks. Lord um, and have mercy. No food at all. So that's just losing a bunch of water weight, right? Like, I, I didn't really lose any weight, but really? I tell you, boy, like when I tell you your your colon is clean, it's I'm, like I'm sure it's like <laughs> clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ain't clean. nothing in there. Nothing okay, in there. all right. Um. You love this, Michael Blum. We finally got some potty, some potty talk on the podcast. Yeah, I, I Josh thought, isn't even here. This is I know, yeah, I know. Potty talk. I a little potty talk every once in a while. Um, but yeah, after that, it the the point of it was to be sort of a uh, palate cleanse. Sure, you know, and so it, all of a sudden, you know, after those first two or three days, you don't have really a strong appetite for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you know, and then. Um, I was thinking that, man, once this fast is over, I'm just going to be killing all kinds of vegan food. I'm on Pinterest, like looking up yeah. uh, all kinds of yeah. crazy vegan concoctions. I'm like, that looks delicious. I'm going to eat that and eat that. And then we had some vegetable soup that we made in a crock pot. That was the first meal and mm-hmm. ate a bowl of it. And I'm like, hmm. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> you know, like it. It wasn't. It, Could live it wasn't, without it. Yeah, my my yep. imagination had so so much more to it than than reality did, and um, 
Hmm. Just been sticking with it. And then like the the physical response from my body has just been like nothing else. Like sleep is so much better. Endurance during workouts is so much better. Mm. I don't have like sugar cravings and feel like I got to have this or that. You know, right. I, I don't feel, you know, that hangry thing. I don't my stomach isn't like growling out of control. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you eat when you eat. And I feel mm-hmm. like my body now is kind of like kind of got shaken out of that that addiction yeah. to food and now I kind of I can more so choose food rather than food choosing me. Oh, that's a good way to put it. I yeah. like that a lot. Well, I think that's a super healthy attitude. Travis and I are about the same age and in the past two or three years I've gone exactly the opposite way which is I read this book which is called The Big Fat Surprise mm. and it was about how good red meat is for you. I thought it was like how fat is okay. But was it really specifically about red meat? Yeah, it was, it was a, a sort of like reintroduce red meat into your diet. It's good for you. So it wasn't, it didn't also yeah. include like dairy and, and those kinds of things. Yeah, well, I mean, there, she discussed dairy as okay. well. But what I took from it, yes. she, she was making the case for <laughs> fats. And I was like, oh, if I can have fats, red meat is a source of it. I can just. I got you. I could just use that one. Like that's my favorite one. Sure, sure, sure. So I've been eating a lot more red meat. Yeah. I feel great. You mm. told me you wanted to to do that crazy diet yes. that's like nothing but red meat. Yeah, it's called the carnivore diet. The carnivore diet. I have the same thing that happens to you, except to get to that point, I need a bunch of red meat. Mm-hmm. I never feel better than even I'll go to the store uh, and eat, get like a pound and a half of super cheap steak. Mm-hmm. And then I eat it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I could wrestle a grizzly bear. What's <laughs> happening here? I don't have to eat anything else with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, sometimes I just have some green beans or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, why do I feel so much better with this than I do with anything else? So yeah. I want to try to to Sherlock this situation. Okay. If there were a Venn diagram of, of your diet and your diet, I do think there would be some overlap. But I want to try to, uh-huh. like... I know that for you, that diet probably meant you were you were consuming less sugar. I do want to know from Travis, do you think your vegan diet has meant less sugar? Because tons of sugar can still come in, through Absolutely. in a vegan diet. Absolutely. Right. You don't eat yeah. a ton of sugar. No, I don't eat a ton of sugar, but I, there are a lot of things that qualify as vegan that have a whole lot of sugar exactly. in it. Exactly. You know, like my favorite ice cream is the Ben and Jerry's dairy-free We've gotten that before for Jerry because he can't do lactose. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. I actually think it is good. Yeah, it probably has a lot of sugar. It's got a lot of sugar. Yeah. Just as much sugar as, you know, the the regular. Right. Oreos are vegan. That's a whole lot of sugar. Yeah. You know? Just regular Oreos. They don't make vegan Oreos. They're (laughs) already vegan. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Because it's probably just like rehydrogenated oils and sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... I'm, I'm not going to make the claim that I think the reason you guys are both feeling the same effects from these very different diets is maybe sugar related. But that's that's the impression I kind of get and because I, I I've think, done both. Mm-hmm. I've done very brief stints of no meat. Yeah. But more commonly, I've done like a no carb right. for a couple weeks and the cravings absolutely go away. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're you not sitting there going, let me stuff my face. And that feeling of like, I don't know when I'm full, which is mm-hmm. typically if I don't diet at all, that's where I live. I'm just like, oh, there's food. Yes, I'll have some, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my modus operandi. But to me, when I have cut sugar and maybe simple carbohydrates like we were talking about earlier that's what cuts yeah cravings and i I think there is some of that for both of us right i also think the other thing the difference 
between Travis and I is we have different genetics, right? Well, that's also so true. So it could be that mm-hmm. from what, you know, your genetic pool gives that's, you a better yeah, tolerance such for a vegetables good point. and mine is a better tolerance for red meat. And that's, you know. That's I a, always forget about that. I that, always forget about that. That's okay. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like. All, that all fine, you know. Yeah. Um, but what when we were discussing this, Travis and I were discussing our eating habits at lunch or our diets at lunch, and then it's like it gets to the point of where vegetarians and meat people divide themselves into tribes online. <laughs> In <laughs> and, what places online? So the, you're talking about the carnivore diet. There's a yes. guy named Sean Baker who's a med, he's a medical doctor, I think. And he is the country's leading advocate, I would say, or most famous advocate of this carnivore diet. I'm going to check his stats. How do you spell his name? Uh, His first name. I don't know which version of Sean it is. But if you look at Sean Baker and carnivore diet. Okay. So he is or was a medical doctor. And he is, as far as I know, the most outspoken proponent of this. Mm. So what he did was like, yeah, I'll go on the carnivore diet, and then I'll put all my blood test results online, Mm. which kind of gutsy, in my opinion. And his, I'd never read them, but apparently they've come back really well. And it's led to this, like, large debate around all these things. And there are two really stern camps, which is the vegetarian camp Mm. and then the meat people camp. And what Travis and I were trying to get to is why do people break themselves up into tribes like this? Is that not human nature? Is that not like evolutionary biology? Maybe. Okay. So why do people break up into tribes? Huh. And, oh, is that it? That's the that, question. That was our okay. sort of discussion. And isn't it weird to break yourself up into tribes along the lines of things that don't really concern you? Like Travis's eating doesn't affect me. No, but if you have a strong opinion about diet and it differs from Travis, that's when we have the likelihood that people will start to associate with a tribe, right? People probably don't jump into a tribe when they don't care about the topic, right? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> well, I used to think that only you would only jump into a tribe if it was for protection. So, like, if somebody mm-hmm. breaks into your house, we should all band together. Or if there's some kind of economic benefit, like we all get together and do this podcast and split the profits. Just kidding. We don't make any profits. <laughs> uh, or if you think you're going to successfully overthrow the government, you and your buddies can go sure. and raid the capital. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Unrealistic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. That would never happen. You put on your dumbest hat and, never... and don't wear a mask. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that like, oh okay, gosh. let's get into a tribe. But then, so that makes sense to me because there's some benefit. But like, I'm going to go online and get into my meat eater tribe. And then I am going to fight with the vegetarian people online mm. for hours and days. So let's ask Travis because you, you're you're in one of these tribes. And Michael and I, I wouldn't say that we're solidly in a diet tribe. You no. know what I mean? So Travis, since since you are a vegan, we don't necessarily have to call that a tribe. But what have you experienced as far as tribalism with with being a vegan. Because <laughs> people treat you weird cuz right right, right. It, it, it's a it's a number of different responses and, Okay. and they've been they've been kind of kind of the same over the course of being vegetarian and vegan so okay. um you know if you go out to eat and you order a certain thing people are like, "Oh, are you vegetarian or something mm-hmm. like that?" I'm like, "Yeah. Oh, so you don't eat any meat?" And there here's the analysis. Mm-hmm, you know, they're trying mm-hmm. to figure out who you are, what what they're tribe picking do it I, apart. You know, yeah. do you subscribe to? Yeah. Um, so you don't eat any meat. So then they got to go down the list. You don't eat ham. You, what about turkey? <laughs> you don't fish, <laughs> oh, but, but fish that though has cheese in yeah, it. Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And then sometimes they sit with that for a little while. Yeah. And then they're like, 
well, you know, I don't eat that much red meat myself. Yeah, I'm they like, want to. don't care. They want you to be impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, let me tell you what I've eaten the last seven days. In exactly. A row. You, you yeah. analyze it for me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very minimal chicken. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, me and my wife, you know, we don't. We don't eat that much meat at our house. We we kind of like we. You know what? We kind of could be probably be vegan if we. Is this kind to. of like white people yeah. like? You know, I have several black friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm devoid of meat for a little bit. Yeah. So I mean, so I you think, should carry stickers in your pocket. And yeah. Be like, oh, here you go. Yeah. Gold, gold, gold star. Gold star, gold star for you. Gold star turkey. for you. But I think I think some of it is just our society and how we're socialized to feel that certain tribal protection. Mm. And that I think what we feel like are indicators of that protection being that we don't necessarily have, you know, wild animals trying to kill us on a daily basis. It's more so our indicator now is being right. Mm. And if yeah. I'm right, oh, so then true. I'm protected. So true. I'm, I'm in a safe place. I mean, we're in a point in our, in our society, we're living in the midst of the information age. Yeah. But I think, and the disinformation. Yeah, and the disinformation <laughs> right. age. And so the the person with the most currency with, with information is the person that is right Mm. all the time Mm -hmm. and we're in a place where we got more information than ever we got more Mm -hmm. more options than ever but we're not the best at choosing you know we're so bad so we we just gotta um yeah i think i think that's the thing we want to be right and if we're right then somehow we got it and the other thing that's always struck me as strange is if let's just say i was really into the meat eater tribe if I was yelling the loudest and like the meanest <laughs> towards the vegetarians online, I would be like the number one dude, right? Mm-hmm. Like you'd be the king of this meat guy is the yeah. meat eater number one. Yeah, and I'd be virtue signaling all over the place. Is like, there I, a guy like that right now? Do you think? I mean, probably. I don't follow because yeah. like I'll just eat my red meat over here peacefully. I'm not engaging in this. Is your private business? Right, you eating like, your red meat, <laughs> and also nobody cares. Like, I'm not no. being a narcissist. Thing anybody's like, oh. What is you know, eating today? <laughs> that strikes me as being part of the reason is maybe you need a place to belong and this is like the easiest way for you to yeah. get in, you know. Yeah. And and then some people I think they're looking for a place to be. Right. In, That's what I'm you saying. Know? Like yeah. you're very lonely maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, well, if the meat eater group is the one I got to be with then and, and it's weird because I think first I was like I was going to come in here today and be like, no, nah, this is horrible. Look at all these idiots. But then I thought about it more like you should have a place to belong. Yeah, it's not it's not bad to have a right. tribe. Tribalism, though, is the word that has kind of evolved to mean like something with a negative connotation, right. I think. And so a, a tribe is like a group of people that you have something in common with. And then tribalism, I think, is where you find yours to be... Superior. Superior. Right. And they they like go out on the attack. That's right. That's where things get weird. Where you make value judgments about other tribes. Right. Exactly. Or you you have a totally different like moral compass. Yes. uh, Or believe that you have a totally different moral compass. Right. Just because of your association with that tribe. Right. Yeah. I think if you think your tribe is superior, then you have to have, you have to perceive that your morals are then superior Mm -hmm. because that's what makes you better. And we, we know people like this. And, I you know, I'm not going to say that we've never fallen into this trap. But, it, you know, it's very easy to see this <laughs> in other people. Yeah, not yeah. so easy to yeah. see it in yourself. Yeah. That's that's a kind of bias. But it, you think about political parties. And both of them, both of the major ones in this country, uh-huh. would say they have the moral uh-huh. high ground. And they've got a zillion reasons why, you know. And uh, yeah. look at the scumbags on the other side. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
So my question is, why do we do this? Because it's not helpful, right? And we've seen over the last, I don't know, three and a half years that it's really detrimental to all of us. Yeah, you know what I'm going to say, right? What, what do you I feel mean? like we've done enough podcasts that you know what I'm going to say. Why do we do this? Why, does, why do human beings choose the bad thing consistently oh, <laughs> over time? Oh, because they're full of sin? Well, that's what I think. You're yes, saying. that's what I that's what I'm thinking in my head. Right. But we could just say this is human nature to do this. It's our default mode to do this, and we have to actively work to not do this, and we have to hold each other accountable in order to not do this. So the people who are the least likely to fall into this type of hurtful tribalism to me are the ones who have enough people speaking into their lives saying like, hey, I'm going to help hold a mirror up to you. You do that for me. And mm. let's just make sure we're not falling into this pattern of thinking. You know, yeah. maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Travis, what do you think? I don't have an answer I, to this. I agree. I think when it's, it's hard to look in the mirror and say, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and when you don't have a mirror up to you, um, especially in this age of social media, it's showing you that you're right all the time. Exactly. You, you know? get validation. Yeah, you get you're that, in your that bubble. Constant validation. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I think that is the core issue, but I think we're just using a, a bad scale. You know, mm. so like instead of saying, you know, who's right and who's wrong and yeah. who's more right and who's more wrong. Right. If I think if we just maybe, maybe if we thought, is this good? Yeah. Or is this bad? Is this a good thing for us? You sure. Know? Or could, and, and that provides a whole lot of opportunity to say, yeah, this is good, but there is better as well. Ooh. So I can now improve. Keep pushing. From here. Yeah. I That's can keep right. pushing rather than being in this finalized state of right. Yes. And I can't do anything. I can't grow anywhere from there. And it's our tendency to think, I have arrived Mm -hmm. at the place. You know, we do that in all aspects of life. Yeah. Interesting. The other thing I was thinking about today is like, all right, whose fault is this? Whose fault is what? (laughs) Whose fault is this that we arrive at this tribe? Oh, okay. All right. Like, and everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people are like, are in on it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they're completely to be happy with their tribe, right? So they'll put it in their, like, their screen name. Like, I'm Michael Vegetarian 141. Like, oh, I'll show you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We touched on this when we had Nathan on talking about how people establish their identity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. These things, mm-hmm. they're trying to become part of their identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was actually talking to Nathan about this today. Here's what I think the problem is, or at least part of the problem, mm-hmm. is this system of education in this country. Because what we should be learning, all of us collectively, is to think critically. Mm-hmm. Right. And if Mm -hmm. you thought critically about things, you wouldn't be so quick to tribalism. I think it would still happen. It might happen. Right. I don't think you'd ever wipe it out. But I think you could lessen the numbers a great deal if you could teach people to be like, oh, boy, I really like red meat. Mm -hmm. Stop and think about it for a second and then be like, "Okay, there may be other people who can't eat red meat. Or choose not to eat red meat. And I like those people just fine too. Mm -hmm. But that lack of critical thinking or like maybe I'll read a book about vegetarianism Mm -hmm. leads to like full permission to tribalism Mm -hmm. in my opinion. I I wonder if the quality of American education has like something to do with this. It could. We were talking about this, Jerry and I, after the insurrection. We were talking about the people that were there. And I just couldn't help but notice, I don't even know if I'm going to leave this in, 
because it might I might be going down a really <laughs> rough road right now. Let's I don't want to I don't want to alienate our listeners. <laughs> but we were talking about when you look at their online posts and you look at these communities mm-hmm. and the way they communicate with each mm-hmm. other and like to me and I I know there's bias here, but mm-hmm. to me it just seems like there's just not the same level of intelligence or education that you might see from from groups that oppose what happened yeah. <laughs> two weeks ago <laughs> right so you i don't know i my my train of thought kind of went where you were going uh-huh. just now and i was like maybe this is like a liberal arts education thing because jerry and i were psychology majors right my sister was a English major. I feel like the people in my life who have been the most outspoken about the Trump presidency are people who have studied history and literature and art and the social sciences. And I'm just like, is it true that the more of this you get, the more you're able to critically think and analyze your own biases? I don't know. Yeah. Thoughts? I I mean, being a musician myself, I I think about, you know, the a lot of the neurological studies about how much, you know, that type of abstract thought does for your brain development. And and so I would place some of the responsibility in our education system. But I mean, you got to look at the whole society and Mm -hmm. how everything is intertwined. Sure. You know, um, because I, I would hope especially as an educator, that we'd have classrooms where teachers are, you know, teaching in ways that promote critical thinking. Sure. But at the same time, the basis of critical thinking is asking questions. Yeah. And when you got a society that's focused focused on being right, you're trying to find the right answer. That's you're exactly not, right. You're not focused on any questions. And as I, I mean, to think about it, how many times in our classrooms have we heard, that's a stupid question? <laughs> and then people avoid asking questions mm-hmm. because they're like, We're I'm not raising my hand unless I'm already right. Right. Yeah. And I think the human nature comes into that, too, because even if you're trying to cultivate the, that kind of healthy attitude in your classroom where we are open and we're asking questions and we're accepting whatever the other people say, you see this in your students, that tendency toward competition mm-hmm. and getting there first and like, oh, I need to impress my teacher. So I'm going to try to say the thing that they want me to say instead of actually thinking through this. Yeah. But to me, those folks who the Capitol stormers yes. are even more evidence of the struggles of the American educational system. Because let's say they were the ones, and I don't know this to be true, but I'm just trying to be hypothetical. Sure. Uh, they were the ones who were like the worst students. Those are the ones who the American education system should be most focused on helping. They probably weren't the worst. I would probably, I'd guess that those folks fall somewhere in the middle and were the kind that were kind of able to coast through. What when I look at like some of the reports on those people that are being arrested, yeah. we're talking about elected officials. We're yes. talking about yeah, some police some officers. I we're heard today about... that twenty percent of them were veterans. Yes. Yeah. Twenty yeah. percent. And the national rate of like veteran to to the population is seven. Seven sure. y'all. Yeah, these these weren't a bunch of dummies. Yeah, these are these are people who yeah who believe what they believe for a reason, right? You know, and, again, I think it's just a lack of curiosity. Like once yeah. you see a bit of information, do you question it? Right. You know, sure. why why do you just jump in and believe? Right. It's real? And we were talking about this before we recorded. You you are met with a piece of information, and if it confirms what you already believed, you accept it. If it butts against what you already believed, you reject right. it outright instead of critically mm-hmm. thinking about it. So yeah. I think those things can be taught in the classroom. Of course they can, but it's still going to be our natural tendency. Yes. But yeah. I, th- I think we can fight against that in the classroom. Absolutely. The other thing that took me a long time to learn about 
and we ne I never hear any public discussion of is the scales of the different strength of evidence, right? Not all evidence that you would use to make an argument is is, is equal. Is equal, and m much of it is not very strong at all. Right. So, like, I'll see frequently. When I see people arguing online. Mm -hmm. They'll find a link to a newspaper that supports <laughs> their political point of view mm -hmm. and be yeah. like. The Washington Post reported this. Checkmate. Yeah. I'm yeah. going like, whoa, whoa. That's not strong evidence of anything. The I don't Washington... know the validity of the Washington Post. I haven't Well, the Washington Post is a liberal newspaper which has a longstanding reputation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But is that, ev is that solid evidence of anything? Yeah, and I don't even think people realize sometimes, like, the difference between a, a regular article and, like, an opinion piece. Mm -hmm. you sure, know? yeah. They'll cite anything for any reason. And this happened when, you know, when the pandemic hit, there were so many videos being reposted, reposted, reposted oh, yeah. of, that were just full of nonsense. And it's just like, how do you even teach people to analyze <laughs> this kind of thing? And I know you were trying to do that at Next when we taught there together. Like well, you, you I would talk to the kids about the weight of evidence. And that's some right. Some of it is more valuable than others. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but there's no public discussion of this. Right. Right. And... This, to me, is another failing of the education yeah. system. Like, this should be front and center in every class that deals... In any kind of class where you you do persuasion, weight of evidence should be something that is hit on constantly. Right. We never see any of it. I think these are... Like, the what's a trustworthy source? Yeah. What's what's a trustworthy source? Mm -hmm. What is individual testimony mm -hmm. or witness worth? It's not worth nothing, in my opinion, but it's and, also and not just, the be-all and end-all of anything. Right. And how do you just make a strong argument i mean this is logic and to me it kind of gets back to the humanities it gets kind of almost like a classical education mm -hmm. approach like we're going to teach you how to reason and argue I, I sometimes wonder in this age of social media if we've all been had a little bit like if, <laughs> if we've if we've all been like cultivated some type of um psychosis just a little bit like a, a little acute psychosis where yeah where it's increased our pain avoidance like oh, both, both of y'all are married you know what it's like to to have to be humbled sometimes mm. when you're wrong and and think about what it's like when you're right and not not just when you're right but you agree like that's a warm feeling uh -huh. like, we, we got this uh -huh. you know we're we like that's why i married you that's you right know? that's my boo right there that's right but then like that feeling that you have to sit with you know that that crappy diaper more more potty talk but that crappy <laughs> diaper that you that you have to sit in when you're wrong uh, that's that i mean think about how many people is i mean since we're talking about these these tribes that are right. online right you know i see I, I scroll through and sometimes look at these dumb arguments and then you can see like somebody just really you know just got beat up <laughs> in a yeah, constant yeah. year like and, yeah. and they and they, and they they can't even admit in the comments that they are wrong. No, you know, and usually escalates it further escalates into right. something yeah. else. Is like yeah. uh, you know, and your mama. That's yeah, what yeah. I was going to say. Like, now it's about something yeah, else. I yeah, we yeah, were talking yeah. about gross domestic product. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. because you own me on that, so I got to go somewhere <laughs> right. else. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's yeah. the number one move is when you lose an argument, start calling people names. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> and you think think about you know this this recent insurrection of the Capitol, the immediate calls for unity, unity. And for Oh my healing. gosh! And and what did we avoid? We avoid sitting in that dirty diaper. That's right. Of saying no, I was actually wrong 
I, I did not get this right. And we get to skip that and we, we immediately try to jump back to the narrative of tribalism. We're all the same. There's more that, that, that about us that's, that, right. that unites us oh, and divides all us. All of the calls of uh, this is not America, honey. This is America. Yeah. When These has people this not, live here. Yeah. <laughs> like, when, when has this not been America? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah I, absolutely. And listeners, if you want more on that, I I listened to a really good um do y'all listen to the world um, PRI? Be, yeah, yeah. I just caught it in the car. It's not one of my regular shows, but they were doing a piece on the the phrase this is not America and mm. they talked to diplomats and people from other countries who were just like um yeah that's what they said in Iran that's what yeah. they said in this country in this country in this mm. country and look what happened it could happen to us just like that and yeah it, yeah it, it did happen and it did happen yeah, right. right 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 but right what i mean is like the takeover could have happened or like the yeah. worst fear could have yeah. been realized mm-hmm. and if we keep saying this is not who we are and we don't reckon with the fact that part of us this is who we are mm-hmm. this is part of who we are and we have to deal with it almost cursed <laughs> yeah but Yes, we need unity. And I love all of the people shouting, we cannot have unity without accountability, right? It would be like, you know, not treating a wound and then Mm -hmm. saying this is just going to heal. Yeah. It's like, when we talk about it, that you're creating division. You know, like... The people at the Capitol did the division. Come on now. The division started years before that. So long ago. So long ago. Those people at the Capitol, right... Well, you could say that started four years ago, but no. really the there are people who have written books on this sort of division. It started like as a reaction to the civil rights movement and yeah. it's been slowly festering or bifurcating, which is a fun word, since Nixon, maybe, right? His appeal to the silent majority, he had the same kind of ideas. Yes, and, and the, you could argue it goes back further than that. It's true. It makes me wonder like, I posted something uh, the day of, of the insurrection um, and somebody was like, uh, they re- replied, well, you weren't saying that when your friends and with Antifa and BLM were burning, burning down cities oh, and Travis. all this stuff. Oh, Travis. And, and I responded kindly. I was like, of course you I was did. Like, well, I would not have. I, no, <laughs> I don't even know this person. I don't even know if it's a real person. They have like 52 friends on uh-huh, Facebook. I don't uh-huh. know if you're real at that point. May not like, even be real. Could um, be a Russian bot. Could be. Yeah, but I sure. said, you know, um, hope we can, you know, remain friends. There That's you all go. I said. There hope you we go. can remain friends. And you don't get a response. And I imagine what that yucky feeling is that they feel like. Yeah. It's kind of like I heard Chris Rock say, you know, when people are mean to you, just give them a kiss. It was like, oh, don't kiss me. Yeah, because you <laughs> wanted to fight. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to win. Came here to pick a yeah, fight. I'm trying to win. That's yeah. right. And so you give, you're, you're giving them an invite to your tribe. That's right. You know, it's like, look, I'm, I'm not even going to argue with you. Right. You know, um, and so does it if. Is that truly the antidote, the healing, to yeah. skip the process? I think it you is. Know? Because if that's not the antidote and people are still angry, yeah. that means, no, you actually got to do the work yourself. That's There's right. nothing I can do to help you. That's you exactly know? right. You're never going to convince somebody like that over social media. But I think you're absolutely right. Because, and I have engaged with people in the wrong way on social media before. Mm. I always go back and like delete because I feel bad. I'm just like, the heat of the moment got you know, got to me mm. and you, you just sit with it for even just five minutes. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I should not, have, I should not have responded <laughs> that way. And I think it's because when you respond that way, you are doing the exact same thing that the instigator is doing where you're like, but the most important thing is who is right. So yeah. let me just establish my uh-huh. rightness yes, in this yeah. moment. And that's just feeding the, the fire. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, I mean, do you think if we were like a nomadic tribe, that would kind of be like the same response, but it, it would be, you know, we're, we're actually throwing bows and I'm like, <laughs> that's you right. Know, spearing you and all right. this stuff. Cause, but now I get to, you know, you even hear it in the rhetoric of, of, you know, when people describe what Nancy Pelosi said or what mm-hmm, Chuck Schumer mm-hmm. said, uh, Schumer slams Donald Trump yeah. or, Pelo- or Donald Trump rips Pelosi. Yeah. Like, like what? what are we in the what octagon? What is happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the weirdest thing is like, these are people aren't sports teams. No. Like, they're just kind of boring politicians. <laughs> yeah. They rip and slam. They just... Yeah talk boring stuff <laughs> they, they, you gotta you gotta put those fighting words in there so you can really feel it you know you gotta feel that, yeah that, that I mean, blow i do except for the then i like go back and watch fully what was happening and i go like mm-hmm. who that was really boring can yeah I, can Listen, i turn over to octagon it's like, like when football season's over people have to have something and i think it is very similar to sports we're in greenville so we have the clemson carolina thing yeah. you know more clemson than carolina i guess but I'm from Columbia, so I've heard both sides yes. of it. And it's it's so hilarious to me to compare what the fans of opposing teams or rival teams will say because mm. they say the same exact stuff. And I've heard people say, I can support other teams, but those fans are the worst fans mm. in college football. And I'll give you this example and this example. But then you go to the other side and they'll say the same right. thing. How is this possible? This can't possibly be <laughs> the right. case, right? right? But we do that with political parties. Yeah. And I almost get it for sports. Like, okay, it's kind of harmless. Like, ooh, I root for Clemson and you root for Carolina. Like, uh, I hate your team. Okay, no big deal. Really. Yeah, but think about how poisonous this is in the political arena. Right. And especially now that we've got basically like white supremacists versus the rest of the world, you know. Right. It's and just that, like, that's the part where it becomes a problem. Uh, right, right. Like, right. It's just limited to like... Football really is not that big of a deal, but when it comes right. to things that actually matter, right? Then this is sort of the state we get to, right? Mm. Right. And I think Travis, this response you're talking about, where you know, obviously there is a place for accountability, mm-hmm. but I think with the people you know and the people you already have relationships with like a friend on Facebook or whatever. I think there's tremendous opportunity to show kindness in such a way where you're not, you don't have to accept what somebody is saying, but. I, you know, especially in, in this particular time in our history when, when race is, you know, at the front of political conversation right now, it tends to be one of those things where, especially in talking to other white people, it can be really difficult. Um, I can't um, even imagine. It it, it can can be really difficult, but the the thing that I try my best to keep in mind is that this person didn't wake up this morning thinking, I'm trying to say the worst thing I can (laughs) to to a black person today. You know, I mean, you are well-meaning white people. And I think sometimes, you know, they might even consider themselves to be a a friend or a good colleague or a good associate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so I, I know you don't hate me. Yeah, but it's hard though because you have to giving that grace takes effort. I can't. That, that even, takes time. I can't even know? imagine. So the way I go off on people, and I'm white, and I'm going off on other white people. I can't even imagine <laughs> the patience that it takes. The the thing that oh. keeps me is is trying to to keep this curiosity though, and so okay. e- even asking myself a question in those moments, like, 
I wonder what makes them think that okay. way. And not just stopping at that, but trying to actually empathize and say, you live in a world that tells you that you're right. Mm. You know, mm. um, I wonder how bad it would hurt you to know that you're wrong. You yes. Know? Um, or even like what it would take yeah, for well, you to realize much, that you're yeah, wrong. Yeah. Or yeah. what damage it's done because you think you're right. Yes. You know? And when you don't get a response from the rest of society that you think you should get. That's right. And you don't, you feel like, that actually this isn't justice for me you know That's actually right. i'm i'm being discriminated oh, against oh, gosh, like yeah um the just the inability to be able to even interpret the world around you in an right. accurate way because right. you subscribe so tightly to these things that aren't the truth right exactly because you don't ask any questions yeah you've got mm-hmm. like a a thick fog in, mm-hmm. in front of your face thick and you don't even that's exactly right that's exactly right Oh man! Yeah, it kind of is a horror movie. It's going next the next Jordan Peele title. <laughs> thick white I would watch that. Yeah. Thick white fog. Thick white fog. All right, Judy Bread. Anything else? I want to talk about this forever, but you well, know we can't. We can't do it forever. No. Sets up nicely to have Travis back. Oh, we must. I insist. Part two, y'all. Part. We, we do part two. two. That's the president of the fan club, though. We're going to require a fee. <laughs> Say what now? Yeah, the fan club. We charge a fee. You okay. Don't Travis just shows up here for free, do you? <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Yeah, that gas money is. I mean, I, I'm. Travis I'm only fall. lives like three, three houses yeah, down from me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did want to say since we were talking about um, eating more plants, yes. I've been trying to do this. How's it going? It's going okay. Okay. Uh, I had to take a break for my birthday. You know how <laughs> you know how that goes. I do. However, yeah, I've been trying to do a thing. Where I, and this is not vegan. This yes. is, you know, uh, is egg okay for veg? I don't, I couldn't remember if vegetarians eat eggs or not. It depends on what kind of vegetarian. So there's are. factions so, of vegetarianism. Yeah, yeah, okay. That would be in like ovo lacto. Ovo lacto. Yeah. There you so, go. That's yeah. me. Ovo that's, did yeah. bread. I mean, I'm still eating meat too, but I'm trying to do different kinds of meat. Like we're trying to do more fish and that kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. um, but I am doing it for lunch. Because I can control what I do at lunch because I'm at work. I'm stuck with whatever I yeah, take. sure. So I've been making these little egg uh, in the muffin pan things, you know. Yeah, yeah, those are dope. I don't know those what are dope. I don't know what you're talking about, though. But I'll put, like, spinach and yeah. stuff in there, mm-hmm. and that's what I eat for lunch. And then I come home, and I do a smoothie, and it's just, like, as much spinach as I can shove <laughs> in there because I will not eat it otherwise. But in the yeah. smoothie, it's fine. Like and, like, frozen. Food. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> It's not it's not the most terrible thing, but I like it better in a smoothie. And I'll do like frozen fruit, maybe yogurt, but I feel like yogurt's been messing me up. Probably. It may, it may. I feel like I'm starting to become a little lactose intolerant. So I've been trying to switch it up and do like avocado or a banana or something mm. instead of yogurt. You, you know, do, you know, like, one, yeah, put a little juice in there, mix it up. And oh, I definitely little, put juice. Yeah. And then a little like uh, coconut milk. Coconut milk. I'm writing that down. Probably good. Coconut yeah. milk. Anyway. I have noticed differences like the fullness feeling is great, mm-hmm. but even things like my skin and oh, just, sure. like mm-hmm. there's stuff I'm just like, wait a minute. Why haven't I been doing this yeah. <laughs> for forever? That's a good question. Uh, yes. Yeah, why didn't I start curiosity. when I was 11? Yeah, that's the curiosity <laughs> that's we're talking right. about right That's there. right. I was just trying to convert her to his tribe. <laughs> Listen. It, doesn't it feel good? It really it good? does. I'm it really does. Look at that immoral blub over there. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just affirming that good feeling that uh, she's feeling. Out I right. do want you to do like for a week or two. I want you to do nothing but red meat. We're gonna have to work out the details of this. <laughs> I, 
I would love to do it for. I would love to do it just just to see how it works. That's what I'm saying. And You're our guinea would, pig. I, I would love to do it for the podcast. I think it would be like my number one wacky sidekick stunt. It would. And what we have to do is we got to measure. We got to do all your vitals before and then and then after. Well, it's gonna pummel them. You think so? Yeah. Well then, it, well then it's not a good diet, it's right? No, I might feel amazing. <laughs> might need to get your affairs in order. <laughs> They're not in order. I might need to do that. <laughs> I might oh be out God. there wrestling grizzly bears and running marathons. This is true. This, you might know. you might go into some kind of meat zombie utopia. Uto- utopia. Yes. <laughs> meat zombie utopia is what I'm going. Oh to Oh my gosh. Okay, friends, this is going to do it for us for tonight. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't had a chance to listen to our meditation episode, check that one out and maybe subscribe to our podcast so you can stay caught up. We'll have a new episode out in just a couple of weeks. That's right. You can find us wherever you get podcasts and on Twitter at splain underscore yourself. And if you tweet at us, you can talk to me directly. Yep. Everybody's favorite local celebrity, the muscle hamster, will tweet you back. And you can tell all your friends. You can hold it up as a badge of honor. Please tweet us. You can DM him too. He'll send you very polite responses. I'll respond if you to you DM him. Yeah. DM. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so a shout out to all our Twitter followers and those who have subscribed and given us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Absolutely. Travis, you want to do any social media plugs? Yeah, um, you can follow me on Facebook. You can look me up, Travis Wharton. That's Travis, W-H-A-R-T-O-N. You can also follow me on Instagram at T-S underscore Wharton. That's right. I suggest you do that, friends. Well, Travis, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. I always have fun with my friends. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Travis. We're going to have you back. We're going to do bonfires and more podcasts oh, for so sure. Ready for it. Yes. Well, thanks to all our fans and those who are listening for the first time. We will definitely have another episode for you as fast as we can. Until then, take care of yourself, eat your vegetables, and always be ready to explain yourself. Woo-woo. All right.